0: No. <laughs> Yo, what's up? Welcome to PS, I love you, XOXO, episode seventy-two. I'm your host, Blessing Adio A. Jr. Joining me is GameSpot's Lucy James. Hi, Lucy. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. Preemptively warning everyone that I might be choppy because obviously no longer on that Miller Wi-Fi, that fiber mm-hmm. connection. Um, so a thousand apologies in advance. But you're hi, you're Blessing, back in the UK,
0: you? but you you have yeah. a dope ass setup. I gotta say, thank you, I love I the have... background.
1: I've got my little um, scuba diving helmet, a lot of records, so I look like I listen to a lot of music. I do, but, you know, you know, really getting out of there. And also the fact that I really hope I can do the entirety of E3 without anyone noticing that that is an ass above my head.
0: Wait, you have an ass above you, you said?
1: It's a Gustav Klimt. Uh, it's the the nude lady lying down. Oh. And so, just because of the framing mm. and this, it doesn't quite work, but I think I might raise... My shot a couple. Instances. This is well, now, this is, that genius
2: is framing. All, all people are going to think about uh, during your E3 content. You you revealed yeah. it here, so yeah. Exactly. yeah. This
3: is genius that's framing because really really I would nice. not
0: have been able to to, to tell.
3: First time I, I saw thought that was abstract
0: camera. art. Hmm? That voice you heard for a second there was Simon Cardy from IGN.
3: <gasps> oh, hello, that's me. Um, pleasure to have you. Pleasure to be we're here. Also, I guess. We're
0: also joined by Easy Allies, <laughs> yeah, um, How's it going?
4: Hi. Good, now, we you? have
0: uh, we have a star cast for you, for this spoiler cast, this Disco Elysium spoiler cast. This is a non-conventional episode of UXOXO. Of course, uh, it is Memorial Day, or we just got off of Memorial Day, I should say, right? Yesterday was Memorial Day, which means that, kind of funny, got the day off, thankfully. We don't get many of those. Uh, but with that, that means that we've had to do things a little bit uh, weirdly, nah, not weirdly, just unconventionally. All right. We had the whole Disco Elysium uh, book club that we did. Hashtag PS. We played this. Uh, I played it. Greg probably played like an hour of it and was like the same for me. And he bounced off. Uh, but I still wanted to dive deep into it and talk about the game. And so you guys are here because you guys are the big Disco Elysium experts. I put out a call on Twitter and everybody was tagging you oh. three. Everybody was like, yo, get Lucy, get Simon, get Isla. And so you guys are here for that.
1: I, I'm Welcome. honored. I'm honored. I'm very,
3: obviously, very happy about that. I mean, mean, stuff happens overnight. Right. Gone.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. A lot of stuff happens overnight, so I just woke up and I was like, "Oh I no! Well, I think- have I've been cancelled. What is happening?"
0: <laughs> oh, when you got all the tags.
1: Yeah, I was like, "Oh god."
0: <laughs> I know that feel. I know, I know
3: that feel. <laughs> it's it's because of the paintings you have behind you whenever you do streams. Everyone's right. just yeah. reporting them. Let's get sure. into this. All right. We got a
0: big old conversation to have about Disco Elysium. Remember, this is You PSLVUXOXO, your PlayStation podcast. Each and every Tuesday, we join you to talk about the biggest topics in PlayStation. If you like that, you can watch live right here as we record on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, except for this episode, which isn't being recorded live because of Memorial Day. Uh, or you can watch it Tuesday when it posts for everyone on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you thank you for our, thank you to our patreon producers mick at the nanobiologist tom bach Elliot, james hastings saint west gaming julian the gluten-free gamer trent berry and tyler ross uh today we're brought to you by hvmn but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be topic of the show
3: disco i just suggest oh yeah yeah let's do it before you what lasagna is i feel like that should really be what I, listen it's not that i didn't know um, what
0: lasagna was i just didn't know the difference between i just i just didn't I know like what like me. was the clear difference it's between not... lasagna and pasta and now i know that lasagna is pasta <laughs> look,
4: i mean look, tell... that
3: sounds like you didn't know but you know and to be
4: clear i still don't have Who a clear definition anymore. I it still... was one of those conversations where I, like, <laughs> I feel like we were all talking about different aspects of what pasta and lasagna... Like, we didn't even know what we were actually talking about. It was incredible. Well, this spawned but because Lucy... I joined
1: in late, because yeah, I was <laughs> making, and when I say making, I mean reheating a pre-made lasagna. This is um, all your fault. I know, but I'm living with the guilt every day.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing. in in organizing this show. Uh, as as we were approaching record time, Lucy hit me up and was like, "Hey, I'm recording. I'm, I'm making a, a quick lasagna." And You spelt it with an e, which I thought was very fascinating because usually I've seen it spelled with an a. Um, But you're like, "Yeah, I'm I'm making a I'm making a quick lasagna." Uh, okay,
3: interesting. Because yeah, it be like both. I think.
1: Is it, does it, does it a- end a- with like a- or maybe e? over How here it's us- an
3: e? I don't know. Does see? The- I, think I always that
1: was like the Italian version.
3: And.
0: Okay, well, then that was my thought, right? Like, when I read it, I was like, oh, that must yeah, be the way like the, the that Italians. the Italians spell it. Exactly. Like, the true spelling. Um, exactly. But, yeah, you you mentioned that. And I'll, and when I got into the call, I was like, oh, by the way, Lucy might be running a little bit late because she's making and eating a lasagna. Uh, and that then brought <laughs> brought the idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, we started talking about, Simon was like, oh, yeah, I, I just made a lasagna. That was the thing.
3: Yeah, I had it for lunch, which means I was well prepared for the stream. I wasn't going to delay anyone because I was eating my lasagna. And um, I asked, I, a I asked hey, how he made the hi. lasagna, I do, and I suggested that he
0: might be boiling. I I, I suggested that he, that he was boiling the noodles, to which Simon was like, "No, you bake it," and I was like. Am I, is that, is that the difference? Is that, or is that what makes a lasagna, yeah, lasagna lasagna? Is it just a pasta that you bake?
2: It's a different type of actual pasta. <laughs> yeah. Blessing, like how, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's, oh, like, it's not like you the only pasta. boil pasta, uh, blessing. How Come do you on, soften
4: man. the pasta before you bake it though? Cause you're not just putting raw. But like, sorry was, I did was
0: this. this. Was mm-hmm. it a, ma- was it, like, was it a wild suggestion for me to think that you might boil
3: the noodles of a lasagna?
4: I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't here's... know what the hell's going on. I don't
3: do it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, here's how I made it. you got a layer of your tomato sauce mixed with your minced beef or ground beef, uh, if you're American. And then layer of lasagna sheets, dry lasagna sheets, then a layer of bechamel white sauce. Then you repeat that, those layers two or three times, however many times you want. Put a load of cheese on top and bake it for about half an hour to 40 minutes. And then you've got well, a lasagna. In just one second, I do have the Wikipedia
0: easy. articles for both lasagna and pasta pulled up. I want to point out, on Wikipedia, they do spell it with <laughs> an E. And if you spell it with an A, it does redirect to the, the E spelling of lasagna. So I believe that is the definitive version, the definitive way to spell lasagna. Well,
4: uh A is probably the disgusting the American way.
0: Yeah. yeah, A must be the Americanized version. Uh, lasagna or the singular lasagna. Oh, well, they I mean, there long. it is. Lasagna with an E is, is plural, I guess. And then the singular is lasagna
4: oh Uh, Oh. (laughs) it's like like we're
0: we're all learning we're learning a lot it is an italian dish made of stacked layers of thin flat pasta alternating with fillings such as ragu uh, and other vegetables cheese and seasonings and spices such as garlic oregano and and, uh, basil right and then here over on the pasta wikipedia page uh pasta is a type of food typically made from an unleavened dough of wheat flour mixed with water or eggs and formed into sheets or other shapes then cooked by boiling or baking. Rice flour or legumes such as beans or lentils are sometimes used in place of wheat flour to yield a different taste and texture or as a gluten-free alternative. Pasta is a staple food in Italian cuisine.
4: Wow. I also I just learned I,
0: that I really. I just, the pasta was the like, like,
1: same
0: I, as <laughs> I like getting into like the, 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 the deep nitty gritty <laughs> details of things. And so Look, I just had to know. And, uh, I
1: I feel like I've. I appreciate more, it. And I just and had one. I mean, but I'm I'm not in the mm. same level as Cardi, where I'm making, uh, making mm. my own lasagna. You know. Yeah. Well, no, and well, also okay. I just want to say that the only reason but, I was late is because yeah. I work weird hours now. I work 12 p.m. until 8 p.m. Only wow. 8 p.m. Jesus. No, that was a lie. I work
4: 12 p.m. <laughs> to like 12 p.m. the next day. What? And you
0: were and you were eating a, a lasagna.
1: And I had to have some dinner because um, Mm -hmm. I was very, very hungry. Because if I eat after nine, it's, you know, like a gremlin situation.
4: Blessing. After this, do yourself a favor and look into the Bucatini conspiracy. Uh, Big pasta was (laughs) keeping down this. It's like, Bucatini is like spaghetti with a hole in the middle. It's like a straw. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I had never heard of it. But apparently it's incredible. But there mm-hmm. was, like, a shortage, and then Big Pasta was, like, keeping it down. It's crazy. Big Pasta? <laughs> During COVID. Big Pasta. pasta for yeah, me, big like, pasta. literally, wow. Big Pasta was keeping it down. I'm not even exaggerating.
2: <laughs> absolutely wild. The higher-up Italians just uh, trying to keep yeah. it down.
0: Yeah. yeah, dude. The Nick Scarpino's out there. All right, let's talk about Disco Elysium. I want to go around the table and ask, how many times have each of us played <laughs> Disco Elysium. Uh, I'll start saying that I played Disco Elysium for the first time this last month uh, when it came to PlayStation 5, uh, the final cut. And so I've pl- I played through it once. but It took me about 30 hours to finish.
3: Uh, Simon, what about you? Um, I've played it kind of three times, kind of two and a half. So I played it originally... When I reviewed it for IGN back in 2019, when it first came out, I did one full playthrough. Then I loaded up a save halfway through that run and did a load of things differently just to see how different it could become. So that's kind of one and a half slash two runs. And then I played it again a couple of months ago for the final cut version to re-review it. So kind of two, kind of three different playthroughs of it.
1: Uh, So I played most of the way through when it first came out in 2019. And then they were like, oh, we're doing the final cut. So I held off uh playing the rest of it so i replayed when the final cut came out um so yeah one and half two-thirds yeah i'm i uh
4: played it when it first came out and then like three separate like quarter times since then like kind of like everyone else like from the beginning a couple of times and then later and i just did one of the um political vision quest i did the communist one which Mm -hmm. was very cute um yeah
0: now, the political vision quests, I believe, are new to the Final Cut specifically, is that right?
4: Correct, yeah. I didn't get four one. of them. Mm-hmm. I it's didn't, weirding. I, I didn't internalize yeah. the specific thought. Yeah, you have to, before day three, I guess, you have to internalize one of the four, like, uh, political modalities or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, you have a dream that night where your reptilian brain is like, hey, politics, baby, you know. And then yeah. uh, you you pursue it.
0: See, I got one, I got one um, and I just didn't pursue it, because I was late in the game, and I was like, I'm about to finish this thing, let me just wrap it up. And I kind of
3: regret it, because I, I didn't I got... realize
0: that that was the big new thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the communism one as well. I mean, it's only probably another 20, 30 minutes of content. It's not going to alter your yeah, game maybe much, an but hour. It's, it's a fun little... Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it depends how much you... The communist one anyway i don't really know much about the other ones like it's a very basically it's a very very long conversation is what that yeah. quest is and it tells you a lot more context and history about the politics of that city and kind of yeah it's it's good it enriches something that maybe wasn't fulfilled originally but i wouldn't Why say you're they? missing out completely by not by missing out.
0: Simon, you gave the game uh, a ten out of ten. The final cut, a ten out of ten. I want to start with you because I, I do want to know what all the guys' overall thoughts are on Disco Elysium and the final cut. Uh, but Simon, I'm going to start with you. Like after after finishing the final cut, you gave it a, you gave it a ten out of ten. Where are you at with that game?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a ten <laughs> out of ten game. Uh, <laughs> be weird if I didn't now, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I uh, originally, I think I originally gave it a nine point six, which that's back when IGN, we used to have a 100-point scale, so it, I couldn't just give it a 9 or a 10. Um, so, yeah, I basically think it's an absolute masterpiece and I, and just a game like no other I've played and one that I understand is not for everyone. Like I can understand why Greg, you know, after an hour went, I know this isn't for me, and backed off because it definitely isn't for everyone. I don't think it's a game you should necessarily force yourself to play if you're not into it, but for me, it's just... It's one of the most re- rewarding and enriching games I've played, and just, I think, quite easily the best mm-hmm. writing I've ever done. Lucy, what, what are your uh, broad
0: overall thoughts on Disco Elysium?
1: i never experienced a game that kind of made me go through, through so many motions in emotions in sort of one go. You know, one moment I can be having this really heart wrenching conversation with someone about their life post war and how, you know, there is no meaning to life at all. And then the next I can be saying something stupid about disco and just really just like the most ridiculous things and so in terms of that in terms of just how the case progresses like Cardi said it's nothing like I've ever really played before I adored the writing in it I think sometimes though I think this is what some people think can be turned off with Disco Elysium is that sometimes it was a bit too intelligent for me whereas some of the stuff they were getting into I was like oh, I only have a passing knowledge of this. I think I understand what they're talking about, but I will have to do some Googling later. So it made me feel stupid, but not in a way that I hated it for. I was more excited and enthralled and just taken along for the ride. And also I just love the art style too. So writing and art style. Oh
0: yeah. The art style is incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really
2: quick, before we move on, uh, I Mm -hmm. think... Only on my end, uh, Simon is really desynced, and uh, he's crazy out
4: of sync for me too.
1: Yeah, me too. So I've turned really? yeah I turned the video off on all of you, so I'm going by okay. sound. Uh,
2: yeah, Ooh. because a blessing uh, like blessing will start talking over when uh, Simon uh, is like ending his sentence. So Simon, mm-hmm. if you could just pop out it, maybe restart Discord and then pop back in, um, and then you know this is still going to be cool. In the that's show, weird. So. Because
3: everything's fine for me. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Hell yeah. It
1: has to be. It has there to be one of us. Cool. Yeah. And so like it follows I've passed the curse onto Simon.
0: <laughs> I love the Yeah, I love the idea that all of us like at some point each of us yeah. will be cursed with some sort of major and each major of us video will problem. end up
2: eating a lasagna today.
0: Yeah. Hey. It's also it's also a thing of like there's oh, two no. there are two of us in the UK and then two of us I believe in the US. Yeah. Uh, and then Bear is also based in the US. And so you you kind of have like it being an all over the place kind of thing of I used to um podcast with somebody who was located in Japan for the longest time. And the delay would be terrible. And oh, yeah. you, I would have to get super used to, like, recording with somebody uh, with that kind of delay. It's a struggle. Yeah, Is I mean...
3: that, that any better? Sorry.
0: Yeah, that's perfect.
2: Hell yeah. It seemed to He's perfectly wet. fix
0: it.
3: Absolutely fine for me the whole time. That's really weird.
1: Oh, I mean, that's what it was like when I was doing mine. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, we had the same issue because we use vMix for a lot of things, and vMix has, like, slightly more latency. And so mm. we just we just got really good at specifically throwing to people which you're <laughs> doing anyway blessing. So,
2: all right well let's uh, continue to... on Ila, what did you think yeah <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so, uh, what did you think
1: yeah i
4: i mean similar to what both of you said i i mean i love it i think it's one of the best well most well-written games i've ever played and like what it is matches what it is like how you're playing it matches what it is you know like uh, ludonarrative uh, harmony or whatever <laughs> but um what I what I love about it, too, is, like, the obtuse, like, like hyper overly intelligent part of it, like you were saying, Lucy. Like, I feel mm. like it's part of the joke sometimes. Yeah. It's like, like, I think it knows it's being stupid um, mm. by being, like, overtly smart. Because, uh, like, some of the dialogue, especially, like, I think of the, because I just did it last night with the, like, communist vision quest, like, some of it is absurd. Like, it gets into, yeah. like metaphysical like how communism becomes like transcendental meditation and stuff it is just like this is clearly like they're being satirical which i i really appreciate but yeah it's a beautiful game just in every way yeah and the I- the tenderness the tenderness of characters mm. is not lost which i think is what makes it really successful is like it's this super intelligent game but the characters are the heart of everything
3: mhm i think sometimes you get like I don't know if it's a thing over in the U.S., but in the U.K. it's kind of a known thing. It's like there's people when you go see Shakespeare that will overtly laugh at jokes that just because they get them, you know, they don't right. find them funny, but they they understand. And you kind of get that a bit of this game is like, oh, I understand what you're saying there, and mm-hmm. like kind of laughing because you appreciate it more than anything. Like I think it's a game, even if you don't necessarily enjoy it, you can appreciate it for what it is, and just the amount of work that's gone into it is just astonishing. I think.
4: The yeah. amount of writing is staggering. It like makes me wanna die. Like
1: <laughs> picturing it I... like
4: physically, like how big
1: uh, the script must be. Like ah! <laughs> So if I may pimp my wares for a moment, we actually did um, an episode of our show Audiologs with Robert Kurvitz, who is the lead writer and designer. Oh, wow. And he um, this was back in twenty nineteen, the game had like just launched, and I just asked him basically to talk. And he described the sort of process of it and he was saying something like, you know, there's about a million words in it. I know that was the kind of figure that they were throwing around. And then, but I don't think you really kind of understand the magnitude of that until you play it and Mm -hmm. you realize that it all fits in together in such an incredible way. But I think that the big thing that I love about the writing in the game, and it's a big thing that I love about, you know, Bioware games, for example, is that they spend so much time on the world and the world is as much of a character as any of the characters. And with Revishal and Martinez, that's so apparent because it comes from years of them playing a tabletop role playing game. And so there's so much history and lore, and that's shaped the characters in such an unbelievably like realistic way. You have these pe- people who are just so like, just sad and like languishing but they get on with it and they still have that heart like you were mentioning isla and it's like oh this is such this is such a beautiful examination of people and it comes from yeah and just like talking to robert about it like we ended up doing this i think 20 minute episode but we had like an hour and a half worth of stuff and i was like i want to include all of this it's just fascinating it's
4: incredible like you said that with the background and the and the political stuff that they did like it's incredible. I think about those two old men playing that ball game, mm. you know, in that in a mm-hmm. crater, and like yeah. the symbolism of that is so great. But like one of them is like a fascist, and the other one yeah. is, you know, was on the other side, and like the old fascist is just like, you know, he's just so sad, and like the other yeah. guy's just like, yeah, that guy sucks, but like we're friends,
1: you know. It's yeah, but we'll like, do this every day because yeah, we like, have to. This
3: and just going off what I, you said about um, the satire, it's kind of I almost think of it of way as like if Tolstoy had written South Park. Kind of, right. it's not like mm. like n- not afraid to have a go at anyone. Like having a go at fascists, which is perfectly fair. But like I think even having a go at liberal views and commies is like literally like basically dissecting what is wrong. And write about some of all of these beliefs. So, like, like yeah. they're not afraid to, like, basically laugh at themselves at the same time. It's just what I think makes it so good.
4: It's ultra yeah. scathing against, like, capitalism and stuff, like, yeah.
3: Yeah, it feels ultra scathing against
0: pretty much all of it, right? Everybody. Like, there are the four, the four specific political leanings that you can take in the game, uh, which are uh, fascism, communism, moralism, and then ultra-liberal. And... For me, in the game, in the way I played, I was bouncing back and forth pretty much between communism and uh, moralism. And moralism yeah. is is basically the game's version of centrism, uh, whereas communism echoes real life communism. Uh, and that was one of those things where I was like, okay, like it. I I, I absolutely adore this game. I absolutely adore the writing. I think they they they. Not only is there a lot of writing, but a lot of it feels very confrontational and feels very uh, directed and pointed in a way that I like um but then yeah like in when in 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 times where i was like in the place where i was trying to figure out what the political systems were what the world was and you know didn't necessarily want to form a like a critical opinion on the world the game kind of the game would kind of force me to and be like oh okay so you are so you're a uh, a centrist pretty much or you're a moralist now i'm like wait no i just yeah. maybe <laughs> i don't like i'm still trying i'm still trying to figure that out which i think Part part of that might be just like the complications of the world. Uh, and I think part of that also is uh, part of that kind of falls into, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a purposeful thing. If they're like, yeah, no, we want, to, k- we want to kind of force you into mm. uh, feeling yeah. pressured into having an opinion and having a take and ha- uh, playing a part in this world.
4: Well, not only that, but I like... think it all
3: links into, go
4: on. Oh, go on. You go ahead.
3: Oh, I think it all links into like, they definitely want you to have that opinion because but like if you are too centrist in the game, there is the linked achievement that is called Boring Cop, basically, where yes. they give you a trophy for being a boring cop because you're being boring.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, and, yeah. like, it, it's cra- it's a crazy game because uh, playing it as I did, like, right when it came out or, I don't know, people kept tweeting it at me. They're like, Which, like, in my experience is a hit or miss thing because they're like, this is super nihilistic. You're going to love it. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> is this, like, real philosophy or, like, dime store shit? But, like... Um, because I'm super pretentious, but, like, this one, playing it out the gate, not knowing, like, it didn't have the, like, societal acceptance already, so I was like, okay, this game is, like, throwing around the F word, you know, and, like, I don't Mm -hmm. mean fuck, and, like, we could swear, right? Oh, yeah, you can swear, yeah, you're good. Okay, and, like, it's, like, several characters are, like, overtly racist, you know, and I'm just like, okay, are we coming at this from, like, the right side, or, like, the correct side, or are these... Developers like sketch you know because i'd never heard of this company brand new company (laughs) you know so like that was part of a weird kind of thing about this game earning my trust too because like there have been games where like one strike and you're out like somebody says something wrong and i'm just like delete you know but this game Mm -hmm. it earned my trust i guess yeah by being by doing it right i guess i don't know
0: yeah and that kind of feeds into where i where i kind of sit with the game overall like i've talked about the game on previous podcast episodes um and uh, my thoughts on it i absolutely love it but to to echo probably what i've said before and to add a little bit more right like when i first started the game i was immediately blown away by um not only the quality of the writing because the writing felt very much uh in many cases almost poetic and then in other cases like i said confrontational it felt like it had something to say and it did a really good job at saying those things in ways that felt like they flowed um, in ways that felt like they were really put like it, it, it feels like reading prose a lot of time, right? It feels like reading poetry, yeah, especially sure. when it gets into describing the world and um, especially when you get into the different voices, right? Because the game does the special thing where uh, for the skill system, you have a bunch of different skills that, um, basically play the role of different voices in your head that speak to you uh, And I want to ask you guys in a second like how you played and what your skills were and all, and all that stuff But for me and, and how I played I, I have the game screen pulled up over here so I can literally just look at it, but um, mm-hmm. For my character for my one playthrough that I've done uh, I had very high intellect. Uh, I had uh, high motorics and then all and then I had uh, Two physique and one psyche and that basically meant that my character extremely smart I would use my encyclopedic brain a lot, and basically, what what that would mean is that my uh, the encyclopedia in my head would speak to me and give me context around the world. And I I should read in a second. I'll go through the plot so I can actually lay out like what the fuck is this game? If somebody's listening to this and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm just gonna jump into this spoiler cast blind." uh, One wild idea, but two, I'll fill you in. Um, But yeah, like the the um, my character would have high intellect, but then also with having one psyche, that meant that my character seemingly just was not like together at all in this game right like emotionally uh mm-hmm. psychologically was just a mess a wreck the whole uh, the whole way through and i texted folks while i was playing and i was like hey is this game is this game just really depressing like is this game just a really sad game and they're like what are your stats and i was like oh i'm this this and this and they're like no you're you just have a very depressing character like the game uh the game can be a little bit more funny or a little bit more uplifting if you if you expect it out that way and i thought that was a fantastic thing because so much of that was being driven by not only the writing of the world and not only the uh writer of my character's dialogue but specifically the voices that were speaking to me and the ones that decided to chime in and how they would chime in and uh moments that would that would arise based off of me just having the stats that I did which i thought was fantastic um a moment that also stood out to me toward the beginning was the the field autopsy um which Mm -hmm. was a moment in the game that lasted what's what felt like literal hours to me but was literally just the beginning of the game and uh in in going through that process of the field autopsy right like you find the body that's in that's uh uh, behind the world and wet the role in rags um you you inspect it you do all that that whole process of finding the body inspecting the body getting the body down all right talking to kim all right let's really inspect the body okay cool what do we do with the body now that was the moment for me that sold me on the game um just because of how in-depth it was and how like i think it's a very early example of how far the writing can go in order to really make it feel like uh a role-playing game in the way that you're you're role-playing this detective officer um but with that i do want to go around and ask you guys like what and i know you guys have played multiple times so you can you can just choose one playthrough if you want or your first playthrough or your last one um what was your main character like because i just described mine as being high high intellect low psyche Ila, i want to start with you uh what what was your your main
4: character yeah i screenshotted it so i could remember exactly but now i can't find the screenshot <laughs> so um but yeah mine was basically that it was like all intellect all encyclopedia um with some good conceptualization i think um and like no physicality and very low yeah psyche um so he's charismatic and smart and yeah pretty pretty sad but in my playthrough i like saved him you know i like be- like gave up the drink and like became a really mm-hmm. good cop and my best friend in the whole universe kim was like proud of me by the end you know and i was just like can ah, um but yeah i was i was a really smarty pants weakling in mine
0: Simon, what about you?
3: So, in my first playthrough, I was similar to Isla. I think I went kind of more of, yeah, that sort of smart cop trying to work out. On my most recent one, I, on the final cut, I just went the complete opposite way. I went, like, full physical. And I think I put a lot into Shivers. That's the one that, like, connects you to the yeah. city, isn't Love it? Love Shivers. Um, mm. So, basically, yeah. I went um, really high on hand-eye coordination, I think, just because from memory... I knew that was quite useful later on in the game because I was trying to get it done quicker than usual. I'm not gonna lie. Um so I kind of knew who was wasting my time, so I didn't need to speak to everyone. But um yeah, I think we're talking about the body, I actually managed to shoot it down, and I felt so good when I did that because I basically really? did all the stuff I failed at last time. Like That's so Yeah, hard. I managed to shoot <laughs> down the body, and I'm um, <laughs> I, I was very proud of myself. And then I also I think I also managed to punch Kuno in the face, which is also... Oh, that's amazing. terrible. Oh, but yeah, I went very I He had
1: it coming.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah Kuno but... Kuno sucks. Well, <laughs> I,
3: I was nice to him first time round. That's
0: really funny. I want to talk about Kuno later on, because okay. I got a lot to say about Kuno, but... <laughs> oh, we will. Lucy, why you?
1: So my first playthrough, I put more into body, because I punched the racist at the harbour. I managed to shoot t- the body down from the tree, like I did... My first playthrough, my first half playthrough, I did like so much of it really well. And then this second time, I wanted to role play it a bit more differently. I wanted to roleplay it as, you know, a cop who he has lost everything, but he still has immense amounts of empathy. And so I put a lot into Shivers, Empathy, and um, is it Inland Empire? Yes. Yeah. Um, you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I wanted him to be sort of more connected to the space and the people around him. And that for me was... Like, really funny, because sometimes hand-eye coordination, the voice in my head would sort of pop up and suggest things. And then you would do it, and then you would go, and then they would reply with, Why did you listen to me? (laughs) Because that's one one of my favorite things, is the voices in your head arguing with each other. So I had this cop who, like, characters like Classier would you know, just immediately like you could kind of see and understand her story a little bit more, I feel, in the writing, just because you had that extreme empathy. And especially uh is it Lillianne in the fishing village? Um, mm-hmm. you know, you I I think it's just it's just the the option for me where it was like you get to the core of the characters and like you can see the sadness in their eyes a lot more. And so I, I really enjoyed that way of playing.
4: So yeah, I love that I love that you can that you can understand a character emotionally or intellectually in this game that Mm -hmm. that distinction Mm -hmm. i think is not very common in video games but it's an important one i think it's really cool yeah
0: yeah I want to I want to jump into the plot, uh, and I'll go through it, because I, I pulled from Wikipedia the plot breakdown, and it's actually a very um, uh, succinct breakdown of the entire game, uh, which is nice. But I, this is where I'm going to give both a spoiler warning and a trigger warning, right, because the game gets into some some uh, crazy shit. Uh, but this is your this is your warning right here. If you're like, cool, I clicked spoiler cast because I wanted to listen to, to kind of funny talk about Disco Elysium, but I've not played the game. This is your chance to leave. Play the game. Come back. Uh, we'll still be here for you. I'm going to read through the plot of the game. The player character wakes up in a trashed cafeteria motel room with a severe hangover and no memory of his own identity. He meets Lieutenant Kim Kitsuragi, who informs him that they have been assigned to investigate the death of a hangman in the cafeteria's backyard. His identity is unclear, and initial investigation indicates that he was lynched by a group of people. The detectives, the detectives explore the rest of the district, following up on the leads while helping residents with a variety of tasks. The player character gradually learns that he's a decorated RCM detective, Lieutenant Double Euphrator, Harrier Harry Dubois. I'm gonna pause there and ask you guys in the first day and a half, two days, it could take however long, depending on how you play, right? Like your whole your whole goal or a big uh, one of your big goals is pretty much figuring out who the fuck you are because you wake up with amnesia you don't know what the fuck is going on you don't know who you are you don't know who you know you've lost all your your things you don't have your badge you don't have your your gun um and you're trying to figure all of that out i want to ask for you guys like what was it like for you playing those first few days um uh what was that journey like i guess recollecting your things and recollecting your identity lucy i want to start with you
1: I loved it because I think that's a really clever narrative hook as well where it's not just, you know, you are a pre-made character and you're dumped into a space and, you know, this gives you the avenue as the player to sort of uncover the world as you're uncovering the character and obviously you kind of get to build that character. But then that also leads to, like, really cool moments in the game, especially later on when you have your idea of who tequila sunset or harry is based on the journey that you've had together but then when you talk to people who have known harry beforehand or you kind of read your own file and you discover more about yourself you kind of get this amazing i don't know like crashing together but also dissonance of who this character even is um because that's you know weirdly in like real life you know you are a person over a long amount of time and some people will only know you for a certain amount of time when you are a, s- a specific person but you were a different person at different times in your life and that's a really cool thing that this game explores um so that's what my first few days were like but i did demand that everyone call me tequila sunset
0: you went, so you went with te- tequila sunset over harry
1: absolutely i did <laughs> <laughs> there's
4: also like rafael or whatever that you can do oh yeah
3: Wait, can you do Raphael? <laughs>
4: It's early on. You can say your name is like Raphael Armando. I did that on my latest one. Yeah. Yeah. I think is that when you talk to. um,
3: I think it is or something. I I insisted on that. When you talk to Manana or
4: yeah Manana or Kim maybe I don't remember. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh, in my playthrough, like I hadn't seen my face until I got to start sleeping in the shack on the beach. (laughs) The expression. Um, Yeah, the expression. Yeah, so I hadn't seen my face. I didn't know my name. I don't think I ever got my gun back. Um, I knew it was where really? it was. Yeah, I knew where it was, but I was just like, I don't need it. Like, cause my, you, I, yeah, I you kind of have to do gonna... some
1: shifty stuff too. Right. I was
0: gonna say, did any of you guys get your gun back?
1: I got my gun and my badge.
0: I did. Okay. Because that was it. That I was a moment the in the game <laughs> yeah. when you get your gun back. Cause oh, yeah, pigs. you basically yeah, you meet the the pigs, and it's this it's this confrontation <laughs> at night between you and them, and they're basically this this uh crazy lady that has a police siren that's going and it's one of like the 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 game does a really good job right it's a point and click um uh adventure game slash RP- computer rpgs classic rpg c rpg um where like you're you know you're going around for the most part it is the game is very chill and then it has a few moments where things just Ratchet up to ten, and this is one of those moments where things had ratchet up to ten, and this lady is going crazy with your gun, and you have to have to figure out how to get it from her. Yeah, it's a it's a
1: fantastic moment. It's uh, yeah, it's very intense. It's just yeah, because Kim's obviously sort of freaking out next to you, and you're trying to also talk him down as you're talking the woman down, and it's a really cool moment, but it's also like Bless said, like just one that puts you on edge a bit.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can you Simon, also we'll... buy a
4: different gun at the pawn shop? I did that part a long time Wait, ago. Wait, could you?
0: Or Because I thought the pawn shop gun one. was your gun. That's or is it what a different I thought,
1: one? yeah. No, so there's, there's a... You can get sure one can from Ruby. yeah. You can, okay. you can find one in an old bunker. You can bunker. find a
3: decommissioned mm. one in the basement. I had basement. that one,
1: yeah. yeah. I had that one, yeah. Hmm. And then there's another one you can get, I think.
4: Because I think I must have mm-hmm. talked... Because I was trying to remember how I got through I... the the like standoff. Because I think I must have talked my way through it. I could talk everyone down.
3: Uh, but yeah, the first time I played, first time, uh, it's a long time ago, the first time. I'm going to talk more about my mm. most recent run because I can remember that one. But um, <laughs> I kind of just insisted on it, to everyone that I was a superstar disco cop, basically. Um, with a little bit of apocalypse cop thrown in, which, mm-hmm. you know, these are all mad terms that they've come up with, but I love them. Um Basically, the disco apocalypse is coming in my world, and I really wanted it, it dis- to happen. Describe to me the disco apocalypse, because that's not but, something um, I
0: came across. And I, I opened up the club.
3: Okay. <laughs> I was just making it up. Um So I didn't do that last time. I kind of half made the disco apocalypse off of my head. You can basically superstar cop is like he's just the most like he thinks he is the world's greatest cop and he like tells everyone he is he doesn't really have anything to support that um it's quite funny when you first find your case files and he's like oh like, i've done 150 cases or whatever it is oh i'm incredible like he's just like, remembers how arrogant he is in a way but um it's yeah i kind of went that way with it the bit i in my first few days i didn't do this time which i didn't know how I didn't do it this time was um the karaoke I don't think oh, everyone else did karaoke night but um I didn't,
1: I didn't. yeah I didn't, I didn't get to do it karaoke. this time I could not work out how it.
3: I failed I found the song but I just never did had the you ha- option did you have to do the, it I don't know what that the was jukebox, maybe I made a not, really the jukebox, early decision. I had a boombox. you might yeah. have had to, you had to go
0: back to the
4: yeah um, i'm not sure why to the whirling but, um,
0: ra- ra- rolling rags at
4: what? the
3: right
0: time like R-
2: night time really quick simon uh you got yeah. really desynced again uh so if you could yeah. restart
4: again yeah. this could
0: yeah. done again but yeah like I'll i went back again. to the, the the whirling wags rolling like ra- i can't say that word rolling rags,
4: rags. yeah rolling in
0: whirling in rags i went <laughs> back there to do the karaoke and it was fantastic lucy yes i'm to say?
1: Oh no! I was just saying bye to Cardi. I was just oh, just saying
0: peace it. out, bye bye. But I Sorry, never did. That. I never yeah.
1: did the karaoke. I have time, but <laughs> never done. found it. Uh, Me neither. I never found the song. I was it... looking for it the whole
4: game. Found...
3: Karaoke is great. Like when you get it right, and he performs it well. It's, it's just a good singing performance. But it's so funny when if you get a bad dice roll on that, and he just—it's uh, the worst sounding voice you've ever heard singing that song. You actually
4: hear him sing it.
3: Pick it up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You, oh, yeah. I think sick. I think when it first came out I might have put a video on IGN.com for a little plug there uh, of uh, what happens if you do the song well and what what happens if you do the song badly and it's it's funny either way because yeah, either this really great singing voice comes out of your character or yeah, an absolute mess occurs. But yeah, my first few days were I think pretty much similar to everyone else's. You're kind of just finding your way, trying to find out who you are. It's weird second or third time round because you kind of know who you are and i was almost rushing through it which yeah you're trying to like catch up that part
0: that part yeah
3: you shouldn't you shouldn't rush that game but um yeah it's it's like we said like the way it basically you're building your character as you go it's not almost the first 10 hours of the game you create a character screen like it's just yeah it's really smart Mm -hmm. in that way
0: So to continue with the plot, uh, Harry experienced an event several years ago that began a midlife crisis, culminating in a self-destructive bender around Martinez, in which he dismissed the rest of his squad. Through their work, they discovered the killing is connected to an ongoing strike by the Martinez Dockworkers' Union against the Wild Pines Corporation. They seek out representatives of the Dockworkers and the Wild Pines Corporation, meeting up with the union boss Everard Clare and Wild Pines negotiator Joyce Messier. Joyce reveals that the hanged man, named Lely, was the commander of a squad uh, of mercenaries sent by Wild Pines to break the strike and warns that the rest of the squad has gone rogue and will likely seek retribution. This leads them to discover that Lely was killed before the hanging. The Hardy Boys, a group of dock workers who acted as vigilantes, claim responsibility for the murder. They assert that Lely attempted to rape a cafeteria guest named Classier. They meet Classier, who reveals that Lely was shot in the mouth while, while the two were having sex. Uh, I believe this is at the beginning of day. Is it day two or t- day three? Do you guys recall?
4: It's one of the really early days. Two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to say it was the,
0: be- the beginning of day two is your whole confrontation with the Hardy Boys and that conversation where you kind of go back and forth from talking to them at the at the bottom of the inn, uh, trying to figure out like what their story is and what their involvement with it is, and then going back upstairs talking to Classy and getting her side of the story, and you, and it kind of mm-hmm. revealing all these all these details about. You know, who the hangman is, how the hangman knew Classier, what the Hardy Boys' role in that whole situation was. Um, It also revealed that he wasn't, uh, he was actually killed before he was actually hanged, uh, and it was all this kind of red herring situation. How did you guys like that whole uh, portion of the game? Because that's a pretty big, I'd say, like, uh, 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 story moment where you're trying, you're you're breaking down a lot of information at once in the investigation then. Um, Isla, I want to start with you.
4: I, yeah, I really liked it. I I think, oh yeah, real quick to bounce off something Lucy said before, I love that it's intentional amnesia, which I think I haven't seen much in a, in a narrative. Oh, but, yeah. um, what I love about this is like, yeah, you have these dock worker union, the Hardy boys who are acting all tough and they just confess, which I mean, if you know murder mystery stuff, you're like, okay, well, that can't be it then. Uh, And then Classier is like, no, he didn't assault me. We were like friends with benefits, basically, which I thought was cool um, that she was kind of just like, no, that's not what's happening. Um, And I love that they seed the gunshot from across the like you can go out on the balcony and with Kim, if you have good visual calculus or whatever, you can uh, like see the trajectories, the possible trajectories of the bullet and like. There are like three, I think. And that, that leads you into the next part of the investigation where it's like, okay, it could be from the doomed uh, commercial building. It could be from over here or like impossible long shot that island out there. But like that shot is stupid, impossible. So probably not that. Um, and I just love that that you get that lead in and it feels like legitimate detective work um, in this part. You're interviewing a suspect. You're interviewing um, unreliable suspects. And you're you're doing this visual calculus to see, like, okay, these are the clues, which don't line up with what anybody's saying, kind of, um, which uh, is just really a really special part of the yeah. game.
0: In a crazy way, I, I liked those moments the most, the moments where yeah. it felt like you were doing the actual investigation, because they found really good ways to make those be the points where the, the game uh moves the most you know like from your from doing the first uh field autopsy uh to now like doing doing this thing where you're interrogating classy and you're talking to the hardy boys and then also you are trying to figure out the angle of of the bullets right like it is the it is the most uh that i felt like in a story way i i was involved with what was going on in the main narrative like i felt like i was putting things together myself even though the game was going to give me all this information anyway i felt i did really feel like i was uncovering it and i did like i was personally convinced i was like oh the shot came from the roof the shot must have came from, like somebody snuck in from this door which is obviously the door from downstairs they came in they got to the roof and they shot him through the window i was convinced um well, but for a
1: moment i thought i did it like there was I a and you only thought, thought yeah. like did i do this Um, which again is like testament to how clever it is because like you said there's the the sort of red herring about the hardy boys immediately confessing and the whole thing that i loved about the conversation with titus is the fact that you have um claire everard claire's uh sort of go-between you've got lizzie there who's been specifically trained to be a lawyer who's kind of unofficially officially telling titus to shut up um and so you have that in between and then you go upstairs and you're like, well, if it comes from here, like this could have been me for some reason. And I just thought mm-hmm. that's another cool thread to sort of think about. Um, but yeah, that, that part was probably one of my favorites going up and down. Like it, it sounds it sounds weird to describe it, like going up and down the stairs. And the one thing I will say about it that sucked is like it kept having to load in. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, one, two, three different times just to get between Classier and the Hardy Boys. But the narrative payoff and like the 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 clues were just really cool.
0: Yeah, that's one of my few critiques of the game is getting around from place to place, especially when you have a long walk can get kind of tiresome, especially when you just want to go back and forth between two things because they
1: have you have an, had an quick objective now, They did I add a quick travel that use, I but yeah that yeah, I was
0: never able to figure out.
1: <laughs> I only managed to use it once, and then every time I would go to the map screen after I used it once, it would only show me where the white checks that i could retry were so it wouldn't yeah. let me fast travel to them
3: yeah but- it's a weird quick fast travel i think unclear it's very unclear i think you need almost there's like three points you can fast travel to but i think you need to be standing in one of those three fast travel points to, st- uh, to fast travel to another but that's how i felt it was working anyway i don't I know mean, if that was intentional i mean i didn't but even going have that map my like, first yeah.
4: playthrough so <laughs>
3: <laughs> I i forget yeah i forget you can't yeah
4: you have to buy it. Where at the do you bookstore. find the map? Like, you have to buy it. Bookstore. Oh you yeah, buy it. yeah.
3: It's worth it. Um. But yeah, <laughs> rolling on from like the really feeling like a detective. Like yeah, it definitely made me feel like I was in like a film or a TV show, being a detective more than most games I played, where you do that. Like that's that bit where you're seeing the bullet trajectory. It reminded me so much of. I think it's in like the first few episodes of The Wire when there are a crime scene and McNulty's looking around and there's a bullet that's come through a window and he's like correcting them going oh no it came through here like the angles through the back of the head like I can't remember that exact scene from The Wire verbatim but uh I'm sure he said it better than I just did but um yeah it made me feel like I was properly being a detective doing every stage of it and we touched on it before just examining the body and Try not to throw up not yeah, in real yeah. life but in the game uh, oh, yeah. it's just just disgusting but i loved it at the same time Hell, yeah. so what does that say about me
0: <laughs> to continue with the plot right uh, unable to figure out the origin of the bullet and fearful of the authorities due to her past as a corporate spy classe enlisted the help of a truck di- t- truck driver and union sympathizer named ruby who staged Lily's death uh lilly's death with the rest of the hardy boys the detectives find Ruby hiding in an abandoned building, where she inca- incapacitates them uh, with a pale device. Uh, she claims to cover up, uh, uh, or yeah, she claims that the cover up was Classier's idea and has no idea who shot Lily. The player manages to resist or disable the, pla- the pale device uh, and tries to arrest her. Ruby, who believes Harry. To be a corrupt cop either escapes or kills herself which i didn't know that was a possibility i didn't know that she could kill herself I that's super wild
1: didn't to me know uh, that
4: really? yeah, she, yeah ran she ran for me. me
3: every every single time i've played it she's killed herself i haven't managed really? to keep her alive Holy cow. Really? i thought that was hard to do i've had the opposite every single time i thought it was really hard to well, keep her i alive, thought but it turns out i'm just awful i thought
0: <laughs> I, well, no that's the thing is i thought i really yeah. failed like i think i fucked up a check which is how she ran away. I think if you do everything correctly, know. that's maybe that's how she kills herself.
1: Oh.
3: I don't feel like that's the right thing that should happen, <laughs> though. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but, no, I mean, but, hang on. You if know, you, I got a gun out of it. If so. you, you <laughs> want to dissect that, though, it could be the game's way of saying, like, even if you do everything right, right. it's something, it's not going to mm-hmm. go the way that you think. I definitely
3: mm-hmm. didn't do everything right, though. I definitely <laughs> failed a check. But Or you're
1: like
4: but, that horrible well, negotiator if she runs away, do you still... show. Who says they all
3: jump, and they always jump. <laughs> do do you still get her gun if she leaves or she take that with her?
1: I believe she takes it. Yeah, I don't think I
3: ever Is not in her time. Oh. I don't know. I think you take the gun she kills herself with. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe so maybe you don't uh, get it. But I got like
0: multiple mm-hmm. guns so in the
3: scene. I, I don't remember how I, I got second them. Second time. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I thought it was really hard to not get her to kill herself, but turns out
1: it's I just, not, I, so I mean, go. the the bit that was hard about that section for me was like not dying. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think I had enough points in whatever I needed to. Because it seemed like every other conversation option I was mm-hmm. getting dinged. Same.
4: Like so many drugs.
3: Time. Yeah.
4: I, w- yeah, I, I want to talk after every.
0: I want to talk a-, a little bit about like the stuff that happens between you finding Ruby and also you like getting to the Fisher, uh, the the fishing village, uh, because that's kind of where the game really opens up another time where it is. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Here's this whole other side of the game. And also, uh, before you can even find Ruby, we're going to make you pass uh, a shivers check. Uh, a skill check, so you, so so that you can actually open up this route to to getting to her. But in order to do that, you have a bunch of stuff you can do on the side to help raise what that check is. And so, if you want to, you can go check out the church, open up a club in the church, uh, figure out what the fuck is this mysterious um uh, uh thing that's going on in the church with like a weird spot that is just insanely silent for some reason. There's also oh, Spider Man. There's a whole bunch of shit <laughs> uh, uh, that's going on. It's hardcore. Yeah, yeah like what
1: of I, the mega
0: what I want to know from you guys is one like how do you guys spend that time, and also like how do you guys feel about the fact that you have that you have to pass a skill check right? you have to do the shivers check in order to progress from that point uh Simon, I want to start with you
3: um I spent a lot of my time with the crypto zoologists and the crypto fascists yes. uh basically trying to find the is it the illusion phasmid? I think that's uh the name of it, I'm a little bit rusty, but um, yeah, basically going around finding all those traps, talking to them, talking to his lovely wife in the whirling rags, and mm-hmm. she gave me a pen, which was very nice for my troubles. Um, but basically, yeah, I spent a lot of time doing that. I didn't do the club on my second run through. I did do it first time round and did call it Disco Elysium. Cause that felt, felt right, like the only yeah. way. The only I right I want to talk to the it, person yeah. that didn't pick Disco uh, Elysium.
1: <laughs> who are you? Well, yeah, who, right, why would you I do, I do such a thing? Exactly. The other name that you can pick is the original name for the game, because it wasn't always really? called Disco Elysium. It was called like uh, something for the Furies. Yeah. No uh, hate for the Furies, or yeah. Oh, I can't That's remember badass,
3: what it's called. Too. It's um, very similar yeah. to that. Yeah.
1: Easter egg there.
3: Um, but yeah, I spent I spent time with I think we mentioned it before Lilian, who's one of my favourite characters. Uh, who is basically a widow who her husband to the sea because she should always Mm -hmm. respect the sea and he did not um and that is what happens so i think i actually managed to go on a date with her i say a date we walked in the rain to the end of a really nasty beach and just had a chat (laughs) it wasn't you know it was nice but you know it's to do yeah i think you have to be really like so basically on the that run i was kind of cheesing i was i had a save point i was reloading just to get the check just to see what would happen I think um, I
4: save scummed that like yeah, freezer basically. that you try to open. I think mm-hmm. my first playthrough that was the only mm-hmm. time I save mm-hmm. scummed was trying to open that.
0: Was that was that for when you're was that for trying yeah. to store a body or was that for trying to?
4: I think it was trying to yeah put the body. I don't remember what I was. doing. Oh no, the the yellow one that you have to use that like weird open. I don't even oh. remember what's in it. It was so gotcha. long. Gotcha. Because yeah. they're like I think
0: there are multiple reasons why you want to get to that freezer eventually or at yeah. least that area. Because at first I try to get there. Because there's and... a big
4: upright freezer. I put the body in that. But then yeah. there's that other freezer. Oh, the, the other
1: freezer has something yeah. for um, the programmer. Oh, like right. The, yes. the backup file yeah, yeah. is in there, so she yeah, gives yeah. you the thing that you yeah. can
0: open it with. Right. I think that's the ice cream
3: machine.
1: Yeah, the ice cream mm-hmm. machine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's but, the ice yeah. Um, I love that. But you spent a lot of time
3: getting to know oh, myself
1: too. I just love how straightforward she was, and then you know when you're kind of trying to figure out if you should build a nightclub in there, she's just like, I guess. Like it yeah. doesn't just so apathetic about it because she's so yeah. driven to figure out what this two millimeter blank space, empty nothingness is.
0: That whole that, that whole church section was something because it felt like I I didn't put it together that was like a side thing. You know, I thought that was mm-hmm. the main quest because it felt so big and everything that was going on, right? Like you had the you had the the lady that was doing her research, you had the party group you know and you have like this big church setting that you have the you have spider-man also but then you have like this church setting that feels like there's there's just so much weird shit happening uh and you're being looked down upon by i forget her name but like the spiritual figure in the game dolores day yeah thank you Mm -hmm. um and it felt like to me that was probably my favorite part of the game because it felt uh like it felt very much like you were just they're chilling with the dudes, right? At least for the for me in the way I I played because I was I was playing the cop that um was basically just doing d- like doing things because they needed to get done, right? Like I was trying to get information, I was trying to move on to the next thing. I was trying to um speed up the, the investigation. And so my relationship with the the party dudes, the club the club dudes was basically like, "Hey, I'm going to help you th- I'm going to help you open your club." But that is because I don't that like that's because I don't yeah, it's transactional, and also, like, I don't want you guys to do this in, in, like, a bad way, in a harmful way, right? And so you guys can open your club, but you don't get to make drugs here. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I made sure that they were homies with the researcher. Like, I made sure all that stuff went down smoothly, because I thought that was yeah. my responsibility as a police officer, <laughs> or a police detective. Um, but all that stuff, to me, was just so fascinating, because it just got so weird, um, especially when you are talking to... I forget the name of the Spider-Man in the game. Um,
4: yeah, I do, too.
3: Yeah, Flyman. Spider-Man. You, I thought it was, like, Gollum. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you, you it took it as a, a, he, he, the the man who lives in the yeah. Raft. He, the he has a name
0: that I thought was like akin to like a Spider Man. was legitimately like like
2: Ragnid arachnid fellow. Something.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's I love I love that element of the like going from like hardcore cop stuff like looking at footprints in the mud to figure out like okay there were this many people here and one of them was a woman. These shoes are really small. Like going from that to like oh, I'm researching a cryptid and I'm learning about cryptozoology from this guy and I'm helping this, yeah, programmer figure out this odd void and talking to, like, a dude who lives in the rafters who's, and there's, like, a ghost of this, like, political goddess and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, I loved how it mixed in the, like, extra-normal, paranormal kind of magical realist stuff because it just, it felt like it fit. Like, mm-hmm. I bought that, that this world had that kind of stuff. Like, I buy that if you get really good at communism, you can read minds in this world. Like, I buy that there's mm-hmm. a cryptid, like, polluting this dude's mind. Yeah. Um, that, like,
0: a, a, an insolidian phasmid can just walk out, out, of, out of the leaves yeah. and just appear.
4: And it was amazing. And, like, because, and it, it didn't feel, like, out of nowhere, too, because I'd, like, done the work with the cryptozoologist and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could, like, hear them with my whole body or whatever it says. Uh, Yeah, I just loved that element of it, that it gets kind of weird, but feels normal still.
0: Mm -hmm. To continue a bit with the plot, uh, the detectives return to find themselves, and this is is after you, you... do all the side stuff, you come back, you pass the shivers check, and then you you confront Ruby. Ruby gets away or kills herself. Uh, after that, the detectives return to find themselves in a standoff between the mercenaries and the Hardy Boys, the former seeking revenge over Lely's death. A firefight breaks out and the player is wounded, blacking out and waking up a few days later. Most, most or all the, the mercenaries are killed and Kim may be hospitalized, in which case street urchin Kuno offers to take his place. I want to stop what? there.
4: That never happened yeah. for me. What that didn't you happen
0: never to ha-
1: me? No. That
0: that uh, that is what happened to me in my one playthrough.
1: You recruited yeah. Kuno here. Yeah. Kuno. It's, it's fantastic. I don't even remember Kim yeah.
4: getting hurt. I don't think that Kim did, didn't that get not, for me. Yeah, that did, I don't think yeah, either of us did. I think I talked you, the whole gang down. I don't remember.
0: I failed Hella during that moment. Oh, <laughs>
4: yeah. I like nailed oh, it. It can go yeah. really
3: badly. Everyone.
4: Lizzie can die. died
1: for me. Um uh Angus died, the older Hardy boy died. Seven people died. And wow. so I wow. think yeah, two two of those would have been the um the mercenaries, and then the other two I think were just sort of miscellaneous Hardy Boys. But yeah, I did not feel good about Lizzie dying. Yeah, I think
4: a couple Hardy Boys died for me now that you say that. I I didn't get to that part of my second playthrough that so that was like two years ago.
0: Mm. I want to talk a little bit more about this uh confrontation, but I just realized that we've not talked at all about Kim. Like
4: Kim... Kim is the greatest person who ever lived. Fantastic he won, character. He won our character of the year for that year at, at Easy Allies. I, so I want you to elaborate
0: amazing. on that. Like, what is it about Kim uh, that makes him so fantastic?
4: He's just so lovable. I love him. I think he, like, there's something that happened the other day where uh, in the Communist Quest, where uh, you say, like, me and Kim are, are, are like these great partners. We're, we're the best. And then Kim just goes, Kim and I. But, Mm -hmm. like, you know he's just correcting you because he has to. Like, he's not being mean to you. Like, he's he's the long-suffering, just, like, so patient with you. And, like, earning his trust and, like, forgiveness toward the end was, like, he stood up for me in my playthrough. He stood up for me against my old partner. And it, like, one of the greatest moments in video games, it was just like, oh, my God, Kim likes me. (laughs) Like...
1: Yeah, when when that trophy popped, that I had like officially won over Kim, and I was mm. like, "Oh, thank God!" Because I just yeah. felt like Kim has big kiff from Futurama energy, where yes. he's just very beleaguered and will just go along with things, but he he will also be the voice of reason, and even if you're doing something really stupid, he will go, "Okay, mm-hmm. let's try it." And so he's always like very reassuring. Very by the books, but as you kind of go through the story, and he lets up a little bit. So you like first of all, you can't, I think you find out that he has one cigarette a day, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh my god, Kim, the mm-hmm. Kim that Kim Katsuragi does that. But then the bit where he has the hubcaps, and you find out that like mm-hmm. he is just a normal person. I was, and he, he loosens up around you, and sometimes, and sometimes like you'll have these wild guesses and he just kind of goes "Uh, uh, i don't think this is relevant and then somehow later on it will be relevant and he will always be like okay yeah you're right about that you're right you're right about that one yeah it's it's
0: it's funny because in the game uh you learn later on that you're you are this quote-unquote superstar cop right like you are this cop that has a history of of getting things done and you you've done so much right and kim kim when he comes in seems to know you as that, but you also come in as this dude who's like, oh yeah, I have amnesia. (laughs) Like, I don't remember anything. And at first came in as like, "Uh uh-huh, like, okay, sure. And then I don't even know if he ever like truly believes that you really do have amnesia, but he comes around and like kind of just goes along with it. And his the patience that he exhibits throughout the whole process, but then also him like also having trust in you in your in your process, even though you are doing all this crazy shit and doing things not by the books and being un- un- unconventional in so many ways. His patience the whole way through, at least for me in my playthrough uh, was just very, very uh, uh, fun to see and very awesome and re- made made him very, I think, warm as a character, um, mm-hmm. especially cause like he, he also, I think morally he's just a, he just seems to be a good dude. Um, mm-hmm. The, the, I believe the game characterizes him as more of a, if we're talking about the, the in game, Alignments, he does lean in uh, more toward moralism than than anything, and I think that does come through, right? Like he's very much like you know, it's not a police officer's job to have an opinion, you know? Like he tries to stay away from from all that stuff, which is very apparent. But like also, I think it's the it's, the, it's, it's that thing of he's a he's a very fair dude, uh, and a very and just like a very nice dude throughout the game, which I think just makes him so likable, uh, so lovable. I want to talk about the confrontation, but before I do, I want to tell you about our sponsor.
5: This podcast is brought to you by HVMN. Sitting at your desk and reaching for that sugar-loaded latte or that sweet and quote-unquote healthy snack bar that's not so secretly loaded with sugar, Take a small step to improve your day and avoid the sugar crash by mixing in some keto powder to your coffee or trying an HVM and keto food bar. Trying to lose weight, uh, sleep a little better, and not feel so groggy during the day. Health via Modern Nutrition can help you do all of those things with a few small keto-friendly choices to improve your metabolism throughout the day. The average American consumes around 17 teaspoons of added sugars each day. If what you put into your body today is the foundation for who you become tomorrow, start reaching your goals by being aware of and cutting out unnecessary sugars from your diet. HVMN is obsessed with helping you reach those goals through modern nutrition, powering your metabolism with less sugar and more ketones. How do we know so much about this? The one, the only, Big Kev dog, Kevin Coelho, has been enjoying these bars. He's been talking about them on streams when we talk about this ad. Uh, He enjoys them, they're tasty, he likes them. So why not be like Kevin? HVMN is a a nutrition company that takes the mastery out of counting macros. They're results-driven, modern nutrition for modern lifestyles with less sugar than competitors. Their products provide lifestyle and habit upgrades that help their customers become healthier and better versions of themselves. By using real, organic ingredients, HVMN has made the keto lifestyle... Uh, and a whole bunch of improvements easy uh, with healthy and low sugar options that are great for you and deliciously satisfying. HVMN offers single items like MCT oil, keto food bars, and keto collagen powder. Or you can grab a kit that includes all the essentials at an everyday discount. Right now, HVMN is offering our listeners an additional 10% off your first order. When you go to HVMN.com slash kinda funny, embrace healthy living today. Go to HVMN.com slash kinda funny for 10% off your first order. That's HVMN.com slash kinda funny for 10% off. And we're back. Uh
0: before you actually get into the conversation, I realized that Simon hadn't said anything. Simon, did you have anything to say about Kim?
1: Uh,
3: just echo everyone else, said. I think it's just the dry wit. I think my favourite line in the whole game, and I think it's one that gets cited a lot, is when he... If, I can't remember which racist that you're, you're talking to, but he's like, oh, I didn't like that racist, but he wasn't as bad as the last racist we spoke to, or something <laughs> yeah. along those lines. And it's just, like... <laughs> he's just... He's kind of there... It's weird, because it's a game where you role play so heavily as the main character, but also, also kind of has he kim is also your eyes in a way like he is just like an outside thing going like almost allows you to do these crazy things but also through kim's eyes go this is like so odd what am i doing it kind of lets you off the hook of what you're doing it frees you up and i yeah that game wouldn't be half Mm -hmm. as good without kim by your side so talking
0: about that quote unquote combat sequence in the game, right where you get back uh to near the end, right and right outside you have the conversation between the Hardy boys uh and the mercenaries. How did you guys feel about the way that that was handled in the game? You know we already talked about a little bit of how that stuff panned out for you. I know for me, it, i I was feeling every check imaginable, and I had made the commitment during that that i wasn't going to reload to save one because so much had already happened and i would have to like replay a lot if i wanted to redo any of that stuff but then also i felt like for such a big moment i just had to st- stick to it and by the time i had failed like my however many check in a row i was like oh man all right this is good. this is going rough and so yeah like my um i want to say that multiple people people got shot not that many people died in mind i think one person from the hardy boys died and then um maybe two mercenaries uh died got shot in the face um it was gruesome it was wild um but kim kim did get shot uh and i did have to have to um recruit kuno for the rest of the game which we'll talk about in a few um but for you guys like yeah what? for the rest that's of the game
4: insane. Yeah. i didn't even know that could happen i didn't either that's nuts
0: and let me let me tell you and i, I guess i'll just talk about it here right like kuno at the beginning of the game so insufferable uh, a terrible oh, yeah. terrible child maybe adult i can't i couldn't tell um he was he's somewhere like between a, i'm saying he's like 15 yeah, okay I'll say, yeah, he's like somewhere between, between the, the age of 11 and 18 yeah. and i can't tell
3: <laughs>
0: but he is like he's saying he's known as. He, He's saying slurs. He's being homophobic. He's being terrible. He's doing all this shit. And I, I don't know how they did it, but throughout the game, he just warmed up to me just a little bit. Like, a little bit. Like, with each interaction with him, I went, I, I went from being like, fucking Kuno, to then being like, damn guy this damn kuno like especially toward the end of the game because he uh uh somebody mentioned earlier kim standing up for you towards that end sequence when when let me tell you when kuno stands up for stands up for you he stands up for you he was saying all the slurs in front of these people that i that that i didn't want to hear those things i had to be like kuno could you chill for a second you know we we got like you're you're like your heart's in the right place but we got to talk about like the how and and, uh the how in which you're you're expressing these things um so kuno kuno is a character kuno is definitely a character in this game but
4: this is blowing throwing... my mind oh yeah i didn't yeah. But... i didn't know that you could be deprived of kim for the whole game like <clears> half <throat> the game oh That's yeah well i mean but at this point at
0: this point it's like the last tenth of the game yeah, really yeah. like the last ninth or the last eighth, uh, five,
4: eighth. or whatever
0: yeah uh but for isla for you like how how was that uh uh that combat portion that confrontation
4: yeah i i didn't get to it in my second playthrough so my memory of it is a little foggy but i i recall doing very well i think i like talked almost everyone down there was i think a little bit of shooting and a couple of the hardy boys bit it and um maybe one or two of the mercenaries but i don't recall losing anyone i cared about and i kim didn't get hurt at all and i don't even recall if i did um yeah it went pretty well if i recall but i i liked I liked that it happened, and I liked that, like game design wise, I liked that it can go so many different ways. Like I think that that's really something special that this game does.
1: Yeah, Lucy, what about you? Mine went pretty badly. Seven seven people died, but uh, Kim didn't get hurt. I got shot in the foot, and there was one thing that I didn't do when I went over to the. Um, the island like the final sort of area there's a bed you can rest in and it actually became a, a mission for me like it, it popped up as a mission where it's like you've been shot you're injured you're tired you should sleep and i didn't do it and i kind of regret doing that because i oh, like right then i was at the end of the game and i just wanted to I see i think that's what happened for me too yeah that sounds familiar
0: so did you did, did any of you guys sleep during that portion okay yeah.
3: is that's yeah. when you get that's, that's when you get the big the dream yeah, and you meet your ex-wife. That's yeah. what I oh, Yeah, meant?
4: I did that. I did that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Did
3: that. It's a very
0: big, very weird portion of the game because it goes on this long uh, uh dialogue sequence where you're dreaming and you confront Dolores Day, who I believe is also your ex-wife for some reason and She's
4: manifesting as your uh, as Dolores. Yeah. Oh,
0: and you just go on this long conversation and you're kind of, like you're, you're having like this a back a and forth
4: city. It's, it's really the cool. only part
0: of the game where I was like I don't know if this fits this feels weird like weirdly out of place and then also like a, just a weird left turn for like what the focus of the game is because for the whole game at least for me I wasn't thinking about the ex-wife at all like I think there's I think it's brought up it was brought up maybe once or twice in my playthrough as a, as a thing that like oh yeah you had you know a family or like what's your family up to but I never thought about it too hard and so you get I got there and I was kind of like all right. Okay, cool. So like
4: that's so interesting. Are me. you my I... uh, you're
0: you're my ex-wife? Okay, you're the reason I'm I'm doing all this. Okay, cool. And they're doing it in a very poetic, very prosy way. Uh and so uh, even reading it, it felt kinda cryptic and weird and very symbolic in a way where I was where by the time I finished it, I was kinda like, All right, a thing just happened and I don't totally get it, but I'm just gonna keep moving on because this game this game has a lot to say.
4: That's funny because my my playthrough the, the case was obviously like I was working the case. But the real focus was saving this man for me. Like, mm. so his past and his wife and making him stop being an alcoholic and all this stuff was, like, my primary focus, kind of. So, like, that felt a re- like a really big payoff for me, mm. that, yeah. that dream sequence.
1: So, so yeah, I didn't have that dream sequence, but I feel like I still got that payoff because, uh, well, she's explained to you when you meet your ex-partner. And mm-hmm. so even, I think just because it's kind of removed from the more um, subjective opinion that Harry has about her. And you hear it from this third party that I was kind of like, Oh, this is, this is why, but mm. I, didn't. but I, I suppose I didn't get the emotional payoff of how much it affected him. Like having that final meeting. Yeah.
0: Samuel, about you? how'd you feel about the, uh, that dream sequence?
3: I, I really liked it because I think similar to Isla, I kind of, I had that, connection of wanting to find out his past and I think there's a couple of like pay phones dotted around where you can ring and you just have this number in your head and it turns out it's your old home and you can speak to her multiple times and there's one like quite heartbreaking bit where you can just keep ringing the number and she just basically keeps telling you to go away like you're drunk again and stuff like that so like you can tell basically he's gone on this bender because basically his wife left him and Yeah, that dream sequence really did. I think on my latest playthrough, I kind of didn't accept it. I kept begging her. I was being quite pathetic, like, take me back, take me back. And it was just really heartbreaking. So (laughs) it's a great way to spend a Friday Uh, evening. So
0: to round out the rest of the plot, right, uh, after the whole confrontation, the detectives begin chasing down their last leads. And by the detectives, it's either you and... uh, did Simon just peace out? Simon did just peace out. That's
2: I, either I, you... I, I didn't want to
0: interrupt the podcast, so I just told him
2: to restart his... Uh... Oh, I see, was, I, see yeah, I see. he I see. was way
4: out of sync for yeah. me again.
0: Gotcha. Um, all right, but... so we... Hey, hey he's back. <laughs> you, either you and Kim or you and Kuno, uh, you guys begin chasing down the last leads, uh, determining that the shot that killed Lely came from an old sea fort off the shore of Martinez. The detectives explore the fort and find the shooter, a former commissar uh, from the Revolutionary communist army named Yosef Lilianovic Lilian- Lilian- Lilianovich. <laughs> Lilianovich uh Yosef reveals that he shot Lely in a fit of anger and jealousy. His motivations are born out of his bitterness toward the capitalist system Lely represented, as well as sexual envy for Clazier. The detectives arrest him for the murder. At this point, an, an insectoid cryptid known as the Insulidian, uh, Lindian Phasmid appears from the reeds. The players may they have a psychic conversation with the Phasmid, who tells Harry that it finds the notion of his unstable mind to be fearful, but is in awe at his ability to continue existing. It comforts Harry. Telling him to move on from the wreck of his life. Uh, in my doc where I keep notes, I just have one note highlighting that part, and I just, I just typed, "What the fuck? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Does that? It was all that? And what the fuck did that even mean?" So very uh,
3: self-explanatory to me. Blessing. Come on, it's all very simple stuff. You're
0: absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> I should have seen the giant insect coming, uh, yeah. and having a psychic conversation with him, which I actually didn't have the psychic conversation. I feel that. Oh really? Uh, that check? Oh, you yeah. Didn't? No, And so like I saw it and then it just fled and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Especially because I didn't, I didn't talk to the, the cryptozoologists, um, or at least I didn't go down a quest, I didn't go down a quest line with them. Like I talked to them like once, um, and that was about it. And so I didn't even, I don't think I even, um, really, I didn't think about at all the existence or the symbolism of what an insulindian phasmid could be in this world i saw I it was very no confused
4: cop that you played so
0: oh funny. yeah i was like dude I don't, I don't have time to talk to this cryptozoologist especially <laughs> when one of them uh one of them was the racist from the house mm. that we had yeah. broken yeah. the open the door of yes yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah.
3: So once, I, mug. He's
0: mm-hmm. yeah, a nice once I learned that i was like i ain't got time for this racist dude you know peace out yeah. i'm gonna go start a club in a church That's where I was. Uh, To round this out, though, Harry and his partner are confronted by his old squad upon their return to Martinez. They reflect on Harry's actions during the game, whether he has solved the case, and how he handled the mercenaries. Harry's usual partner, Lt. Jean-Vicmer, confirms that Harry's emotional breakdown was the result of his ex-fiancee leaving him years ago. Depending on player choices, the squad expresses hope that Harry's state will improve in the future and invites him, and in either Kim or Kuno, to a special RCM unit. And that's something I should yeah. shout out, that Kuno Wait, does, Kuno? Join,
1: Kuno Kuno does Kuno? join the
3: RCM. You can put him into the trainee department. You can get him oh, in. I have a... no
1: idea. Yeah. It's probably not insane. a good idea. no it's really funny though that's amazing kuno
0: being there for the ending of the game honestly for me i've not and this is me without playing the kim version of it Uh, kuno is my preferred version of the game it's my it's my canon this has to be it because it is hilarious kuno when you're interrogating a fucking killer and kuno is just there and he has your back (laughs) it is a it is a great thing like it is a stark contrast from kim's cool, calm, collected nature, Kuno doesn't give a fuck. Kuno's calling people all the bad words. Kuno's, like, Kuno is the bad cop in the situation, and I'm the good cop. It's
3: um, so funny when you guy. go back to Shura as well, and your old squad like, police can't turn up, and they're just like, who is this kid? And you're like, he's my partner. <laughs> you just like, where did he come from? They're
4: no, like... like, of course he is.
0: Yeah, it's so hard to get them to take you seriously too, when you have this kid, It's who's ridiculous.
4: It's hard to get Harry Dubois to, to be the good cop like you have to be pretty pretty rough around the edges to play oh, yeah. bad cop with I'm harry well
0: it's tough too because the whole conversation with uh at the end with your partners um when you're with kuno is kuno being like we got to tell them about the big bug and me knowing for a fact that listen i just i have amnesia i just got done with a drunk bender i am not in good i'm not i'm not in a good place with these people i have you as a partner you you troubles child not gonna sit here and try to convince them that I saw a gigantic bug that Wait. ran away into the distance.
1: Oh, so the way that it plays out with Kim is that Kim takes a picture, and you yes. show the picture to your squad, and they're all like, "Oh my god, okay." Well, that that like elevates them. So, you, with if the Kuno route, you don't even have a picture. Anymore? Kuno
0: doesn't have a camera. That's one of the things they said. Oh. Um, you you say right? Oh shit, Kim has the camera when you when you mm-hmm. see the the phasmid.
4: That moment is amazing because it feels like a Scully. Like one of the moments when Scully is like, "I have no choice but to believe in this. I'm seeing it. Yeah. You know, like that's what it feels like with Kim. How
0: Something like had... how did that how did that get you guys? Because for me, I was very, I was just confused, and I thought I was hallucinating, and I didn't know how to take it whatsoever until after it happened. And I was like, I guess that's the thing that's happening in this game. Uh Simon, for you, like, what was your thought when you first saw the the
3: phasmid appear? I, I think most people's instant reactions probably. I'm hallucinating, like your character's hallucinating, like this thing isn't real. But then you kind of realise this is a made-up world and you're like, these things could exist. And yeah, the conversation you have with it is just really like eye-opening to your character. It really gets you to really drill deep into what his problems are. And I think you also have the choice I think I'm right in saying you go back to sure and you have the choice to basically blame the phasmid in some way. You can basically say the killer did it because he was mm. kind of the spores coming off of the uh, phasmid has basically turned him crazy, which I don't think is the canon reason yeah, if you're asking true. me. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, it's just, it's such a weird, cool, like, ending to the game. because at that point I was like, not not by no means disappointed with how the ending was going, but I was like, this is quite by the book. It's just a guy shot. And in some ways that's kind of probably what they're going for. It's just the grim reality yeah. of it. But to have that extra little twist on it was just such a cool thing to see.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Liz, it... you you.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, um, so for me, I did the cryptozoology stuff. And I think at that point I was more prepared to accept that it might go a little wackier than I think, you know, certainly than you expected at the beginning of the game because of all the references to the pale, um, the end of the world, um, which is sort of a thing that gets brought up in conversation a little bit. Specifically, you know, um, Ruby mentions it and and the, the way that they talk about um, people going insane if they're listening to things for too long, like the radio frequencies and that kind of stuff. And speaking of radio frequencies, because we haven't mentioned it yet, the fact that there's like a video game development studio that runs yes. solely off the radios ah, in the doomed commercial area was a super cool concept and very meta. Um, but no, so I think, I think because of that, and I think especially because of the stuff in the church with the two millimeters of nothingness, I thought there's something that you can't quite put your finger on with this place. And I remember when the Phasmid moved because for some reason i was looking in the background anyway because obviously it's very painterly aesthetic and there's there's a bit of a lull in the conversation because you're sort of weighing up whether to arrest him or not and something in the background just sort of moved and it looked a bit weird and then when it popped up i genuinely had this intake of breath because i just and i didn't feel shocked by it i just felt like oh this is a cool thing i'm about to see and then yeah just the way that it's you know this creature who Despite living for hundreds, of, I think it says it's like 350 years, and despite observing all of these humans, you're the enigma that it can't figure out. Was a really cool mm-hmm. thing.
4: Yeah, I I, I I fully embraced it because much like Lucy, I had been going through all the like weird stuff and reading about the pale and like going full full in on the the church stuff, and um, I I had internalized before this part. I had internalized. I just looked it up coldo mama d'aqua which is the thought that you can get i think from the cryptozoologist where you um you turn your body into a listening device for cryptids and like (laughs) for the like for the unknown so like i had fully embraced that like maybe my experience has um opened my eyes to the pale like has like i've i've gotten close enough to the edge that i can like get step through now you know so i was actually disappointed to hear that you saw the phasmid no matter what um because i thought i only saw it because i had code coldo mama daqua um because i'd like researched it but then i found out later like oh no everybody sees the cryptid but because i had done all that it wasn't a surprise to me at all it was actually it felt like a triumph because i was like oh i found it like (laughs) there it is like my my search has completed yeah (laughs)
0: So I want to bring in some questions um, and some thoughts from the audience, because we asked everybody over at patreon.com slash uh to write in with, you know, what they had to say about Disco Elysium. Uh, so I'm going to pull a few. I want to start with Adam, who wrote in to say, so I really enjoyed the game. It was very entertaining and did some really unique things, especially the way in in in, uh, in which it approached politics, but is then comically critical of all political leanings. So you really have to confront why you choose what you choose. However, do you think the game is too long? For a single playthrough, I think the length was nice, but it's just asking to be replayed multiple times. I would love to play more using different builds and approaching things differently, but I, can't, I just can't bring myself to start knowing how long a single run can take. Uh, do you guys think this game mm. could be shorter? Uh, uh, Simon, I'll start I... with you. I...
3: I... I will say the first time I played it I was actually surprised at how short it was. I thought it was going to be a lot longer than it was. I think I maybe doing like 30 to 32 hours or something around that and it kind of I think it does end quite abruptly. Um not in a bad way. I love the ending, but yeah, I was I was ready for another 20 30 hours. I don't feel it's too long personally. I I think you can. So when I reviewed the final cut version i think i pretty much did it about 17 18 hours just Mm because i knew basically i can ignore all this i know where to go i know what to find so you can do second and third playthroughs quite quickly and do it differently but i yeah i personally didn't feel like it was too long because i just kind of wanted to stay there forever really
0: yeah for me i i think the thing that uh helped the playtime a lot was uh one you know it being my first time and getting the like getting through in about 30 hours right like that also for me felt a little bit shorter than what i thought it was going to be given the kind of game it was but it being a game that is so driven by building out the world and getting into the characters and there being that quote from the developers about how there's a million like there's million uh, uh words written for the game or a million lines of di- lines of dialogue whatever the thing is um it feels like For me, if I play again, I might end up having, first of all, having a shorter playthrough because I know like how to get from point A to point B now. But then also, there's still going to be enough there for me to feel like I'm having a brand new experience. And so, you know, despite me opening the church and doing all that stuff, my my first playthrough and a second playthrough, I might lean more toward uh, being uh, ultra liberal and talking to the crypto fascists or cryptozoologists and going down that quest line or going down quest lines i didn't go down before like it feels like there's a lot of opportunity to just explore the world explore the world more and get to know the world more um and so i'm i'm pretty fine with with the length knowing that uh uh, later playthroughs are going to be probably way quicker
4: yeah it's it's crazy short for a crpg but maybe double long for a typical detective game so yeah Mm. it's kind of a weird middle ground but i think if you wait a few years between playthroughs it's certainly not the kind of game like Resident Evil Village right where like you immediately want to start your new game plus or whatever this one for me like having played it when it came out and and doing a second playthrough right now um it's really fun to rediscover things and go a different like i'm going like the the sensitive route now this time the middle the middle path or whatever on the character creation screen and um just already all the little tiny differences and the 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 writing is just so rich that it feels like a different game almost yeah mm-hmm. so if you if you have enough space in between but certainly it's not it'd be interesting to see like if they implemented some kind of chapter or speed running kind of system like obviously it would ruin the point of the game in some ways but it would be a different experience speed reading speed reading yeah
1: <laughs> well that's that's the thing so my reading speed—this uh, is not a humble brag at all—because what I make in speed, I lack in comprehension uh, mm-hmm. and retention. Is that my reading speed is exceptionally fast, and so for me, this first, like my full playthrough is about 17 hours. Oh, wow. But I did most of the things in the game. I'm just one of those people who will just skip through dialogue. And even though the voice acting in the final cut is fantastic, like whoever is doing sort of the main narration does such the deep incredible voice which yeah. is kind of half mocking and half sympathetic it's like wonderful but i am like that person who mm-hmm. will just like i will go through it mm-hmm. um so yeah this one for me took 17 hours of the final cut and like i said i did most of it so i think i don't know could i speed run disco elysium
0: <laughs> i now i want to see a lucy speed run i want to know what that, what
3: that looks
4: like
1: just knowing del- that you're
3: fucking reading at a
1: million yeah. miles per
3: hour. I mean,
1: I
4: wonder what the fastest. You can, you can finish mean. that
3: game in about three minutes because you can die from a heart attack straight away. Right. I oh, which yeah, I did yeah. on my you very first. Technically yeah, it. My in my
4: first outing. I, <laughs> <laughs> I want yeah, My roommate night. was. My, my roommate heard me playing it the other day because I I played it originally on my PC and then I have it on my PS5 now too, um, and he, it was like the narrator that you were talking about, Lucy, was just reading some book. It was like whatever, some innocuous <laughs> thing. And my roommate was like, Omar from Funhouse was like, uh, "Why is it so demonic? Like, what's going <laughs> on?" He's just reading about like plants or whatever it was, and I was like, "Yeah, it's just that's just how this game is." <laughs> like, just that's how it just is. It yeah, is.
0: I do love, I do love how demonic it sounds though. Like, I feel it yeah. adds so much to what it is because it is usually narration or uh, it being the skills, right? And for the skills being for it being the voices mm-hmm. in your head, the voices that are your mind, I like it being this thing that is that feels like it's. Up to no good because oftentimes the thoughts in our heads can, can be up to no good, right? They're uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they overpower us. They take control of us. All this shit. Uh, and so, like you know, it, when it was when it's the like Encyclopedia, you know, it, it it feels like slightly less appropriate. But I feel like they, I feel like the performance there, um, there's there, there's a lot to shout out with it because I think the um, it does a good job of kind of shifting the tone uh, when it's trying to take on like Encyclopedia versus. Mm-hmm. Composure or uh, electrochemistry, right? Like it's it 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 uh, portrays what it's trying to pr- portray very well, and it all kind of comes back to like this, just like deep ass like inhuman voice, which I think is purposeful there because it's which I, inhuman.
4: Which I love about it, because you said before that this game is like it's very so prose like, cool. you know, and it mm-hmm. um, it's like Nabokov to me almost, where like like Invitation to a Beheading or something, where like. And inanimate objects are talking to you too. Like you're talking to a door sometimes, and it's that narrator talking now with the voice. It's so, it's so good. I love it.
1: A necktie. The necktie yeah. is incredible. I mean, that's
3: one of the main reasons. Yeah, one of the main reasons I gave it a ten this time around is because of that narration. And like we mm-hmm. said, there's over a million words. I think that main narrator has oh. over half of those himself. So over half a million words in that voice he needs to do. Yeah, and I think this is his first. I like, he did the original first- trailer video, but he's just a, he's a jazz musician. He's not a voice. He's just a jazz musician. Mm-hmm. He has an incredible That's voice. That's so weirdly so,
4: perfect. Yeah, he's a jazz. it's incredible.
3: I
0: I really thought it was yeah. the same voice from Hellblade. There's like a deep voice in that game also. I could have oh, sworn yeah. it was the same. Um, mm-hmm. At least it reminded me of it. Um, but yeah, no, they they did an incredible job. I want to pull in another question from d 87 who wrote in to say, I was really excited to play Disco Elysium. I love RPGs and was intrigued by the premise and praise heaped upon the game when it originally released. While, while, while I overall enjoyed the game, my experience was plagued by frequent crashes, uh, uh, more so than Cyberpunk 2077. Additionally, I found the game's design to be incredibly frustrating in some par- in, in parts. For example, in order to advance the story, you eventually must go to sleep. Through the first two days in the game, the only place you can sleep and not receive a game over is at the Whirl in Rags. Uh, which requires 20 real per night. If you do not plan for this expense and do not book the room before 10 p.m. each night, you literally are blocked from advancing the game and will have to reload a prior save or restart the game. This exact scenario resulted in me having to scrap my initial playthrough and restart with the intent of saving money for the hotel room. Overall, I found the game to be entertaining and reminiscent of point and click adventure games of old that I adore like Grim Fandango, but felt that the game could do a better job of explaining certain mechanics to player to the player to avoid unnecessary headaches or frustration. If you like adventure games, Disc Elysium should be right up your alley. I wanna take that and ask you guys, does the game run the risk of being unfriendly to new players? Uh and do you think that's a problem with the game? Mm. The floor is yours. I'm not even gonna throw it to anybody. I'm gonna mm-hmm. let you guys jump in.
3: Yeah, I didn't know that. Does that mean this listener wasn't offered the hubcaps, or can you choose to ref- refuse those and sell them? Because that's—I think that's probably how most people get the money for those first that first night—is Kim offers you. Some hubcaps that are in his car that you can sell for a lot of money. I don't know how everyone else did it. Like, I think that's how I did now. it. Also, I, I did, did it. And also, every time. like you can, um, I you, you can just sit. Yeah, you I can be a homeless cop. Like you can sit yeah, on a bench be at like two a.m. Yeah, hobo cop. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize you got a game over if you. I don't think you did do, that, right? Um, like, doesn't it go, go on to sure. the next day? Um,
4: I don't know. I read about this mm. like when it when I first played. It's I remember definitely. Yeah.
3: Mm. It's definitely an obtuse game though and like yeah there's no hand holding going on like there's a lot of systems to learn like the thought cabinet alone I remember when I was Mm -hmm. first reviewing it like trying to explain what the thought cabinet was in like two paragraphs is almost impossible like it's such a bizarre concept. I still don't completely understand it like
0: I used it I have like like, I have like six (laughs) thoughts I think yeah I have no I have like seven different thoughts that are internalized. And I don't entirely still understand uh, how it mm-hmm. works. Like, I assume that it's just stat buffs based off of things that you said or things that you thought
4: story a Yeah, you're, you're basically too, like... just
3: putting random things in there. Yeah. 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 You know, you're just kind of getting random perks, aren't you? Over time. it's. But yeah, it's... Do I think it's... Un... I don't know. I personally enjoyed it, but I can definitely, like I said right at the start, like, a lot of people will just bounce straight off this game. And I think that's perfectly mm-hmm. fair because... It's definitely if there's a game that's not for everyone, this is the game that's not for everyone.
0: I think yeah, I I think that there are uh some places where the game for sure can be unfriendly to new players. Like for me playing through it the first time, I was pulling up a guide um uh for many things, right? Like one of the things was like, All right, how do I make more money? And then I eventually learned that if I hold the the the, um bag, I can collect bottles and sell the bottles at frites. Uh and that was a thing that you know, like once I understood that, I was like, cool, boom, okay, this is going to be so helpful for me finding a place to, 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 to stay for the night. Um, but that did take me like opening up a guide along with understanding, I think for me, the biggest thing that could have used more explanation was the passage of time and how that works, because yeah. the way the game works is with dialogue that um that's what passes time but it's not as it's not as obvious when you're just regularly playing you know like you might stand around waiting for the clock to move and not understanding what makes it move and not understanding that mm-hmm. you need to you basically need to like sleep and go on to the next day before certain things open up um and that you would call co- that would,
4: book to to pass yeah time. yeah
0: like read a book like basically you just have to make dialogue go in some sort of way in order to pass time and that was the thing that i found that in some parts i felt like i was trying to um game a bit in the way that i was extending conversation and going through all the options not not necessarily because i cared about certain dialogue options more so because i knew that this would get me closer to the night so that i can sleep so that i can wake up so that i can, be, can do the task that i really want to do um that's going to open up the next day um i think certain things like that could have been explained better um but like aside from that i feel like like i i think the 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 a lot of the game is about discovery and understanding what makes the world tick and so even with things like politics and your political alignments and figuring out where you stand on things you know like i mentioned this before but i i i kind of like the idea of all right yeah we're just gonna throw you in the middle of this and you like where you align yourself politically might um your first inkling might be to just echo what your real life leanings are you know which caught me in this weird place between communism and, and centrism and yeah. i was like where's the regular liberalism um but you know like th- those are the type of things that i appreciate like i like being able to discover the world in in, in that way and have it be like a blank slate because you are a character with amnesia but mm-hmm. time passage is like the one thing where i was like man i wish i, I wish they were a bit straightforward with this
1: did you I ever I get i'll the... The... Oh, go ahead I was just going to say, I
4: think I had the same problem, but I think I must have looked it up soon enough so I still had enough hours to make money. But I remember mm. looking that up, being like, how do I... How, I'm stuck. I'm going to get in a fail state here if I don't...
0: But there's I also plenty of junk up. you can sell, too, which you helped know, me yeah. a lot.
1: Did you get the, uh, the voiceover lady uh, to give you help? Every so often... Oh, the tutorial uh, lady? The tutorial lady would just sound like, great voice, but not... Mm-hmm. didn't fit. It was like to you save all. your game. Like I was like, all right, yeah. Like, I could just didn't
3: know that, that
0: Yeah, I would well, have yeah, that every they now and then too. That's
1: that pretty yeah. crazy. And
0: they and she has a name too. It's not even like just tutorial. It's like tutorial agent. I think is what it's called. Yeah, something yeah, along something, those something lines. like that. Yeah, which I always thought was pretty funny.
4: Very Eve online.
0: <laughs> I got one more question. I'm gonna pull in from Madeline, aka Mad Exposure, who writes in to say, just wanted to write in to gush about Disco Elysium. Despite hitting a bunch of bugs, I was chopping at the bit to keep playing this game. I love how free you are to do things in whatever order you like, and the dice rolling system that is super forgiving in most instances. The writing and the way they handle the story is just so engaging, so my question is, why are there not more detective games, and more detective games like this?
1: They're very, very hard to do well. Uh, this, this one took yes. five years to make, I think? Mm. Even longer? I mean there yeah. are detective games just not like this. I mean there's a new uh Sherlock Holmes coming out, right? Yeah. yeah there's... there's
0: a new um, what's the Yakuza one? Judgment. Oh Judgment, Ju- uh,
3: Judgment, Judgment Two
1: Judgment. Yeah. yeah, Judgment Two.
3: Uh Judgment. Mm-hmm.
1: Terminator two. Judgment yeah, two. Yeah,
3: I love a detective game, but yeah, I agree. There aren't enough yeah. of them. Aren't enough of them. But like we said. Very hard to very make hard to very make. very hard
0: to make like I think I think it's very hard to make a detective game where the case is very interesting but then also as a player you feel like you have the freedom to solve it you know you have agency you know i think that's a very difficult thing to pull off because yeah. uh, again like toward the beginning of playing disco leasing the thing I, I liked a lot was the field autopsy and being like okay cool let's go through all the shit let's figure out what all the possibilities could be in terms of how this body was was murdered and, and all this stuff right okay cool now let's go interrogate everybody let's walk around the town cool i can talk to anybody and. uh uh, ask them about the case sweet all right cool now let's do the the um where the what angle did the bullet come from like that takes so much work and playing it you could tell that it takes so much work and so much writing to really sell it and i think that just gets super difficult um and it's a big undertaking um for a for a genre too that probably isn't going to sell like crazy you know, right. like Disco Elysium is is more of a, a lower key game, and it came to prominence because it was a criti- it was a critical hit and it won game awards and all these different things. Um, because it was mo- because it's well made, but you know, that, making a detective game isn't the most popular, I think, idea in terms of uh, let's make a hit game.
4: That's what I was going to say. Is like this is the perfect nexus for this particular game of like a small enough team who happen to be like very good writers and creators and just very intelligent, talented people who are willing to make a game like this, like take a chance on something that could have, this game totally could have failed. Like everyone could have bounced off it because it was too obtuse and it could have just like died on the vine. But this time it hit, you know, and um, it's rare <laughs> that, yeah. that mm-hmm. all of those things line up perfectly.
3: I mean, I just take getting a detective to work out why I'm getting so much lag on this call at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> so that's why I'd like, if someone can make a game about that, I'll play it i need to know (laughs)
1: um one thing that i mean has been a a recurring theme in the last couple questions is people saying bugs i was gonna bring that up yeah experience because i had i've had one crash throughout my entire thing it was a little buggy when it first launched but the first couple patches on playstation Mm -hmm. fixed it for me
3: i've not played it on playstation yet i've only played it on pc every time so i did her i did here at launch it was almost unplayable on playstation at times just because you really couldn't even select what you wanted so that is a shame because it's such a good game and so many people might have bounced off at of that point which i hope they didn't if you did bounce off is it i think it's been patched now. Uh, yeah. yeah i think it's right. actually fine now so yeah
0: yeah, it's a yeah shame, when i but it when i f- when, f- so. when i first booted it up uh i as soon as i spec out my character uh the next screen my game crashed and i was like oh no here we go but after that it wasn't it wasn't as bad like there would be things here and there and hiccups um and i feel like the game for a point point-and-click adventure game that doesn't translate perfectly to playing it with a dual sense controller you know there are things where where i'm like cool just open the door <laughs> just go through the door right. and my character like readjusts and like tr- like tries to walk yeah, into the back spot
4: to talk to someone it's just like oh, you don't have yeah to, oh, okay
0: And like why am i walking backwards so i can go through a door just go through the door <laughs> uh right. stuff like that can get frustrating and is very noticeable but um my later on because i i started the game took a break and then went back to it later when i went back to it and i think it was a few patches in and i didn't have as many as many problems uh thankfully i also had a problem early on where my dial where dialogue wasn't going <laughs> though uh pre-patch I where like
1: that. i had that
0: yeah that was cut that was cutting out a lot and i was being very, i was very frustrated because i was like that's the reason i played this version because i didn't want to read everything i'm not lucy damn it. i can't read a billion <laughs> words in a second but uh before we wrap up the spoiler cast i want to go around and ask final thoughts on disco elysium the final cut let's start with isla uh,
4: i love it i actually i wrote down two quotes that i loved from a recent playthrough uh this first one is solve the world one conversation at a time which i just thought was perfect mm. summation of the whole thing and then this other one just rang kind of interestingly uh, it said, "A state that has lost the faith of its people has forfeited the right to exist," <laughs> which I thought was—I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> wow. This game has
0: a lot of quotes, man. This yeah, game has dude, like so many. Every quotes. Every two that... seconds. Yeah.
4: But yeah, uh, I, I, it, it's just—it's just such a special game, and it's so well written, and the characters are so good. I—I I love every 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 pixel.
3: Lucy.
1: I. I mean, echoing what Isla just said. Like, I love it. I think there's everything about. It. I think one thing that we haven't really talked about is the music, and just oh, yeah. the yes. the melancholy as you're walking around, whirling in rags, and um, it it's it's such a great. I think everything about it sets the mood so well. But I think that like piece of music with the with the art style is just so like you sort of know that this place has a history and it's checkered and dark and depressing and then you find those like little glimmers of hope and yeah some of the best writing i've ever seen in games and despite like little clunky bits that take some getting used to with regards to how you move and interact with the world you kind of fall into the rhythm of it and it's got this genuinely just such an interesting through line and then like it just splits off into a million other interesting through lines like cryptozoology but it's such a special game, and I'm really glad that, like, like we were talking about earlier, this one hit. Because mm-hmm. imagine if it didn't, then we would have been mm. deprived of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Simon,
3: yeah, I just love it as well because it's everything I love in my most pretentious ways as well. Like, I love my detective fiction, but you know. One of my favorite books is like *The Outsider* by Albert Camus, and there's a lot of that in there. And there's, I also am obsessed with the Russian Revolution because I'm an absolute history nerd. So, like, every this is kind of like on paper should be a game for me, and I'm so happy that it all came together. And yeah, it's it's one of the best games I think I'll ever play, and I can't wait to see what they do next because if it's in this world or if it's out of it, I just they have my do full. Do you think it'll now. be Disgulizium too? I am not it will be different. They've spent basically their whole lives building this world and this lore and this like it'll be set in this world, whatever that game mm-hmm. is. I don't, I don't think it'll be a direct sequel. Let me play as Kim is what I'm yeah. saying, mm. but I don't know how that Something works. I'm
4: Jamrock would be pretty you know. sick. Like seeing the yeah. like yeah. nightmare side of this world would be kind of interesting.
1: The only thing yeah. that I know from talking to Robert that one time is that. I asked him if there was like any ideas that they didn't get to do in this one that he really wanted to explore, and he said a sex scene because they had the sort of action scene. Interesting. But he said, yeah, they they wanted to kind of explore how that would work in a game like Disco Elysium. So... It is the
4: roll of the absent, dice every time, uh, isn't it? <laughs> of romance, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe happily. So
0: I would be down. I, my, my, I mean, knowing my character, it would be a very sad sex scene. You know, it'd be very depressing and anxiety-driven, but like you know, it's real. It's that's so- real right there.
5: Socks
0: on, so- yeah. socks on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do I mean, for my <laughs> final thoughts, you know, I very much enjoyed this game. I think it's fantastic. It's one of it's one of the ones where by the time I by the time I I, I got through it, I was like, I really hope this influences uh writing in a lot of other games because I think the um like. I can't even call it a gimmick. I was gonna say the gimmick of it, but it feels like way more than gimmick, right? Like the idea of having the different skills and having them talk to your character, and the amount of insight that gives to you and your as your own character, the other characters, and the world itself. I think is just is just so well done, and it's done with such quality. And that's a, that's probably the thing I, I appreciate the most, uh, along with like the true role playing aspects of it, and so. Shout out to Disco Elysium, uh, and thank you all for joining me on this spoiler cast. It's been a pleasure having you. Uh, Where can people find your work? That's going to be the question I ask y'all. I'm going
3: to start with Simon. Uh, You can find me on IGN.com. Video producer, but I write stuff every now and then. Do a bit of everything. Uh, You find me on Twitter, at Cardi Simon, as well. Like Carly Simon, but with a D. So
0: There you go. go. (laughs) Lucy James, where can people find your work?
1: Uh, Well, I'm on gamespot.com, youtube.com slash gamespot. And yeah, just like one final pimp, like if you are interested in Disco Elysium, please watch the interview we did with Robert Kurvitz. Loads of interesting stuff about the thought cabinet and how that gameplay mechanic nearly sunk the entire studio, Um, (laughs) which is, yeah, he said they worked on it for like 18 months. And at one point they were just convinced it was going to bring the whole game down um so that was probably one of my favorite interviews that i've ever done so if you if you like disco please go watch it uh, and i'm on twitter at lucy james games tweeting bad jokes
0: hell yeah isla where can people yeah. find you
4: um easy allies patreon.com slash easy allies um assuming that in the future of the past i successfully changed my twitter handle um find me on twitter <laughs> Um uh, but I have to Have you ch- have you
0: checked to see the Twitter handle that you want is available yet?
4: The Twitter handle I want is available okay, right thank now. God. Uh, I'm not saying it out loud, <laughs> <laughs> but um cuz we're filming this before I've come out. Thank you all for playing ball with that by the way. Of course. Um it was stressful. Congratulations <laughs> by the way. Yeah, thank you. Um uh, weird oh, big life change, but um yeah, find me on Twitter.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, of course, this has been PS I Love You, XOXO, your PlayStation podcast. Each and every week, we get together to talk about the hottest topics in PlayStation. We've got a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. So stick around for
1: that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.